Welcome to the Rediscovering Biblical Manhood podcast. We're growing men who fear the Lord, but do not fear our identity in Christ. The enemy is hard at work in our fallen world. So come on, join us in fighting for the restoration of men's hearts through the church, the word, and our risen Savior, Jesus. Luke 15, 11 through 32. And he said, There was a man who had two sons, and the younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the share of the property that is coming to me. And he divided the property between them. And not many days later, the younger son gathered all he had and took a journey into the far country, and he squandered his property in reckless living. And when he had spent everything, a severe famine arose around the country, and he began to be in need. So he went and he hired himself out to one of the citizens of the country who sent him into the fields to feed the pigs. And he was longing to be fed with the pods that the pigs ate, and no one gave him anything. But when he came to himself, he said, how many of my father's hired servants have more than enough bread, but I perish here with hunger? I will arise and go to my father and say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven before you, and I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. Treat me as one of your hired servants. And he arose and came to his father. But when he was still a long way off, his father saw him and felt compassion and ran and embraced him and kissed him. And the son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven before you. I am no longer to be called your son. But the father said to his servants, Bring quickly the best robe and bring the fattened calf and kill it. Let us eat and celebrate. For my son was dead and alive again. He was lost and is found. And they began to celebrate. Now, the oldest son was in the field and he came and drew near to the house and heard the music and dancing. He called one of the servants and asked what all of these things meant. And he said to him, your brother has come. Your father has killed and fattened the calf because he received him back safe and sound. But he was angry and refused to go in, and his father came out and entreated him. But he answered his father, Look, these many years I have served you, and I have never disobeyed your command. Yet you gave me a young goat that I might celebrate with my friends. But this son of yours came who devoured all your property with prostitutes. You killed and fattened the calf for him? And he said to him, Son, You are always with me, and all that is mine is yours. It was fitting to celebrate and be glad, because your brother who was dead is alive, he was lost, and he is now found. All right, well, welcome back to another week of Rediscovering Biblical Manhood. Chica, it's so great to see you, and man, I love this passage of Scripture. I can't wait to spend the next four or five weeks unpacking it. Oh, the prodigal son, what a classic, right? And probably a classic that even if you're a new believer or you have been lost and have come back and now diving deep into your faith with Jesus, uh, this is a story that goes back. It's a bedtime story as well that I'm sure that we've all heard since we were young and uh, and our parents were, were teaching us, if if you had parents that were teaching you about the faith. You know, and it's it is a well-known story. And what we're going to spend the next few weeks doing is returning to the roots of this podcast, which is rediscovering your biblical manhood. And a big part of rediscovering your biblical manhood is learning how to live as a beloved son. And this story is so amazing. 
because there's three characters here, Chica, that we're really going to unpack. There's the younger brother, who's the most famous aspect of the story. There's the older brother. And then there's the father. And we're going to unpack each one of those characters in, in an episode. And then we're going to come back and, and talk about what are we supposed to learn from this and how should it influence our lives as biblical men and how we move forward. So I'm pretty excited to talk about this. You know, one of the things I've studied this, this story a lot over the years, and it's important to say, again, you're not getting a theological breakdown of this, right? Chica and I are business guys, longtime Christians. We, we read this stuff a lot, but you're going to get this perspective from, from laymen, which maybe is helpful because this is how are we interpreting it? How do we think about what we've learned from different scholars and pastors and our own readings? And then how do we implement it in our lives? Because th- there's so much theology packed into this, so much of, of the heart of God packed into the story. It's going to be fun to go through it and talk about what it means for us. So as a listener, just take a step back for a second, and let's just think through that story. There were really four characters, I guess. There was the dad, two sons, a servant. You know, which one are you, listeners? That's always a, a, an interesting place to start. If you think about your walk, whether it's a faith walk, if you think about your relationship with your parents, like where do you sit and which maybe not exact character do you, um, do you fit, but more identify with? And so for me, Jay, I just thinking that through off the off shooting from the hip here, I would say that I'm the, the loyal, you know, the loyal child that's looking at dad saying, wait, what, what did you just do? I didn't defect. I did everything right. You know, it's interesting because we're going to unpack the younger brother and the older brother. And I think for a lot of the men listeners, you'll find that you, you may have been one and then become the other. And then ultimately what we're going to get to is what does it look like to live as a beloved son? Because he's not a character in the story, but that's what we're striving. So let's, let's jump into this week and talk a little bit about the characteristics of the younger brother. So first, let me just take a minute and set up the context, because this would have been an incredibly offensive story to the folks listening to it, right? So it's always good to remember, I've got to think about these stories of Jesus, these parables in the context of who are the listeners. So these would have been Jewish listeners. There would have been a lot of lawyers in the crowd along with the regular folk, but all very pious people, right? The the Jewish folks of this period, very, very devout uh, very historical and traditional. So let's talk about some of these things. First of all, it's important to note how offensive it would have been because when the younger brother comes and says, I would like you to give me my share of the inheritance now, the father actually needs to divide it to the older brother and the younger brother. The younger brother would have got about a third, the older brother probably two thirds. But effectively, the younger brother is saying to the father in that culture, you are dead to me because this only would have happened upon the father's death. You're dead to me. Give me my share now. And, uh, and I'm out of here. I, I think about as a corporate guy walking into my boss and saying, Hey, I, look, I know that we've got bonuses coming at the end of the year. Uh, would you mind just fronting up right now? Cause I need the bonus or going to my parents and saying, Hey dad, look, I know that the estate's going to be in good and well when, 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 when you go, but would you mind just handing that over right now? Because I just want to go blow it. <laughs> I know. It's, it's horribly it's weird. <laughs> it's terrible, right? But, you know, and then, and then let's talk about what he does. So he says, so then he does something else that 
Jews would have just been horrified about, right? So these folks all live together in close proximity. Most people probably never traveled that far from their village in their entire life. Everybody knew what was going on in everybody's family, most likely. And here this kid, he gets his wad of cash. The dad humiliates himself by honoring this request, giving the kid the money, and the kid splits town. And, and if you look at some of what he does, he, he goes off, he spends it all on prostitutes and partying, then he runs out of money, and only then does he like get desperate. So then he's like, God, I need work. And he's trying to figure it out. And he's doing all these things. And he and he finds himself in the end. Here's where we get even more offensive. I mean, Jesus is amazing because he puts all these things into his parables. It would have just made people go, oh, or like stand up in outrage. Where does the kid end up? He ends up in a pig pen feeding pigs. And he says to himself, I would gladly eat the food that these pigs are eating, but they won't even let me. And that is so full of offensiveness to the Jews because number one, they don't eat pork. Number two, that food would have been completely defiled. I mean, this guy is at the lowest that any Jew could go. And then scripture says something interesting. It says, and then he came to his senses. Now, before we unpack then what he does, let's go back and look at some of the characteristics. So Chico, when you look at, what the younger brother did, what are some words you would put to his behaviors or the characteristics, you know, like selfishness or mm, desperation, I think is in there. Um, you know, and as you were speaking through that, I, I was just thinking spiritually how often for me, when things become desperate, for, for me as a guy, leading my family financially, leading my family spiritually, there are times and seasons that we all go through the valleys, right? And so for me, that desperation spiritually is, oh my goodness, when I'm in a spiritual valley, like I clean myself up pretty good in front of God and I'm praying every day and I'm starting to really correct it. And then, you know, when, when that hill or you come out of the valley and you start climbing that mountain again for whatever season spiritually you may be in, Quickly, those things can fall away. Those disciplines can fall away because you're not feeling as desperate or as in need of God as you may in the valley. And so I can relate. I can relate, Jay. Yeah. And this, you know, if you just look at some of these behaviors, right, he's very selfish. He's very reckless. He's very mm. disrespectful. Mm. He rejects his identity as a Jewish son. He rejects his father. He rejects his entire culture. And he goes off and does these things that are horrifying to the Jews. Now, one of the interesting parallels to our current society is we often societally encourage young people. Let's go off. Let's sow your oats, you know, your early 20s, your late teens. We somehow expect that people are going to go prodigal. And that's part of the evolution of growing up. And, you know, I'm here to say, like, I don't think that needs to be that way. One of the things that's interesting to me is we're older men now, Chica, and we look back. And one of the things I tell my sons is there's no need to go prodigal because if you don't go prodigal, you won't have regret. And it doesn't mean you can't have fun. And it doesn't mean you can't have a great life. But some of the things this kid does, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, he takes it all the way across the line. You know, yeah. You I mean, I think about, I think about children right now, right? I mean, they're getting to an age where they're, you know, just before or in college right now and the experimentation of life comes like, I'm now free. I'm going to go smoke. I'm going to go drink. I'm going to go, to your point, test all of the things that I've been told all of my young juvenile type of life uh, that I probably should not do. And to your point, there's a very good distinction of going prodigal versus 
just experimentation. Right. He rejects God. He rejects his training. He's going to go test it out for himself. But that's foolishness, right? And that's not wisdom. So the younger brother, at the end of the day, he he is very materialistic. He's full of contempt for the way he's raised. And even when he comes to his senses, right? And I love that phrase. Like he does hit the lowest of lows. He says, well, you know what? What am I doing here? Even at my dad's house, the servants live better than this. Even when he's going home, he has not yet reached a point of humility and surrender. He thinks up this speech. I'll tell my dad this and this. Ultimately, he's still just trying to get what he wants. I just want to get back to where I can get a warm bed. Even if my dad doesn't take me back as a son, I could be like a servant and I could have a warm bed and meals and be clean. And so you see, even in the younger brother, as he's strategizing his way home, and how many of us in our lives have been at a point like this where we hit rock bottom, then we start strategizing, how are we still operating under our own power, going to get ourselves out of this, right? He has not yet reached a point of surrender where he says to God, I have reached rock bottom and whatever you want, Lord, lead me. That's not where he's at. He's still no. strategizing. Here's my mm-hmm. speech. Here's what I'm going to do. And then he heads home. Uh, he's still full of desperation and fear and desire to get what he wants. That's an interesting perspective, Jay. I haven't thought about how the the son that became prodigal never really turned to G, not to Jesus, never really turned to God in in that era, I guess, in the story, and asked for God's forgiveness, but chased his father's forgiveness too. I hadn't looked at it through that through that lens. And it's because he's trying to find comfort. And I think the lesson for us as we're looking through these lenses is. How many of you can relate? I know for me, and we're going to unpack the older brother next week, I was a younger brother, right, for a lot of my life. I wasn't dutiful. Uh, I, I mean, I was, I was an okay kid, but man, I did whatever I wanted. I, I blew all of my finances. I went full prodigal for a long time. And the only thing that brought me back to my senses, actually, is I met a woman, my wife now, and she, you know, my, my parents were never able to. Uh, I didn't hit this classic rock bottom the way that this prodigal son did. But I did face a moment where, you know, Kelly said to me, you need to choose. You need to choose this lifestyle or me, but you're not going to have both. Mm. And only in that moment was I like, okay, well, better get myself cleaned up, better get a job, better get respectable. But I wasn't raised that way. I was raised in a really solid family. I was raised with, uh, like this younger brother, uh, you know, I knew right from wrong. I knew what it meant to respect the family name. I knew all those things. And like him, I willfully and purposefully with no good reason, right? This isn't a kid that's raised in the slums and beaten his whole life right. and he's starving every night. That's not who this kid is. And that's not a lot of us listening to this, right? This kid grew up nice. He grew up decent and, and you know, he chose, he rejected. That's that's really the story of the prodigal that Jesus is getting at, which is, what does it look like when we reject God? And boy, if we go through the Proverbs, I mean, this kid's life is like a story of the Proverbs. In reverse, right? It was inverted. Um, I, I'm just thinking right now about about the listeners tuning in. Where where have you gone, prodigal listeners? I mean, I'm just thinking through as as Jay's speaking right now. What areas of my life am I still a little prodigal? whether it's on my cell phone, whether it is my finances, whether it's with my relationship as a father bringing my kids up. I mean, wh- where am I prodigal? Where am I? Man, we've, we've been talking, Jay, 
I know offline about a number of different things, especially when it comes to the actual um, technology in our lives. And there was there was two kind of areas that I think really fit into what we're talking about here. And it's this idea of um, the reasons why we seek certain things. And for one of them, it's this idea of avoidance, which again, could come back to this protocol piece where we are literally doing things, watching TV, binging on Netflix, et cetera, to avoid responsibility, to avoid hardship. Um, and then the other side was this idea of candy or things that we're chasing. We're chasing novelty. We're chasing um, our own egos. We're, we're chasing this entertainment factor, which I think really still bleeds into this idea of potentially being spiritually prodigal. Yeah, I think that's a great place to turn the corner for this week, which is the first thing we'd invite you to do is go and read it. You can find it in Luke chapter 15. Just analyze the younger brother this week and ask yourself that question that Chica did. Where, where in my life, Lord, if I'm a younger brother, where am I going prodigal? Or even if I'm an older brother, and we'll unpack his characteristics next week, where, what parts of my life is still younger brother? Where am I rejecting my identity? Where am I being short-sighted? Where am I being disrespectful? Where am I pushing back on what you're asking me to do, Lord? Where, where am I in the middle of the night doing things that I know are selfish and reckless? Mm. And, and if anybody knew, right, the hidden secrets in your life or the hidden sin, maybe I should say it that way, if you still have it. Uh, Chica often says, you know, which browsers are you clicking on? You know, you shouldn't be. Or where are, if a better way to think about it is, what behaviors do you still have that nobody knows about that if they did, you'd be mortified? That's a really good wow. place to find your younger brother because that's where he's hanging out is, is there. And, you know, ultimately what we find with the younger brother is he becomes a slave to his desires. He becomes a slave to his desires. And only when he realizes this is not working for me that well, does he raise his head up. That's rock bottom. Now, what we're going to find is when we unpack the older brother and then the father, he doesn't truly hit restoration till he gets home and experiences his father's response to him. And, and I can't wait to talk about that. But for this week, the invitation is exam, let's examine our lives. Chica and I are, have been doing this and Chica talked about it. We've been talking about this offline. Where are we still prodigal? Where are we still pushing back against the Lord's desires for our life? So I'm going to pray. Listeners, please join. Father, we ask that as we take a look inside, retrospect and or our present lives, Lord, that you can send your spirit to bring to the surface the times and the spaces and the, and the environments in our lives where we are prodigal. Lord, we love you and we want to identify this in ourselves so that we can draw closer to you. And so spirit, we just ask that you can surface these areas of our lives so that we can find the will of our father and do that day to day we love you so much and we say all of this in jesus name amen